Hey, if you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 1. Go to 1 Peter chapter 1. Amen? You know, last week I talked about that we've got an incredible inheritance. How many know we do have an inheritance? What is an inheritance? It means that you've got something that belongs to you that somebody left you. They gave you. Jesus, when he went to heaven, he turned around and he gave some things to us. He gave some things to the church. First of all, he gave authority to the church. Amen? Aren't you glad that you have authority over the enemy? Aren't you glad you have authority over circumstances? Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, you don't have authority over somebody else's will, but you do have authority over uh, all the enemy and what he can try to do to you and, and those stuff there. But uh, when we understand how priceless or how wonderful our inheritance is, it's learning. And that's what we're doing in this life. You know, do you ever think, God, why didn't you just get somebody saved and then just take them to heaven and we could take them out of here one at a time? Why don't you just have elite forces that'll stay here, those that are going to love God their whole lives, you know that, they're the ones that are going to, let them go evangelize the world, hallelujah, and then those that are going to go up and down and all around and not do right things, be wishy-washy, one day in, one day out, why don't you just take those? Well, then he'd take a lot of us if you're going to do that, but uh, God doesn't work that way. God gets you, you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You become born again, hallelujah. And then God gives you, he wants you to learn the tools, but he gives you the ability to live this life for him so that you can give him glory. Amen. In fact, God wants you to live down. He wants to show the devil and then everybody else how great he is through you. He wants to show all of your family. He wants to say, hey, look at this change. Look at what transpired. Look at what's changed in my life because of Jesus. Amen. He wants to show everybody around you that, glory to God, this is the way to be. This is who you want to be. This is uh, what you want to be as a child of God. Amen. Amen. And so as Christians, we're learning, we're growing, we're realizing, man, what all we have in Christ and what our inheritance is. And that's what God wants for you. That's God's desire for you. Hallelujah. And yes, the world's going to get darker and darker. And we know that there's chaos, there's things. There's wars and rumors of war. There's all kinds of stuff that's going, especially right now, you know, with Israel and all the stuff. And, and we see this. We see in our country all of the dumb things that are happening. And, and you have to understand, it's a sad thing that thousands and thousands of lives are being killed because they're not going to heaven. That's the sad part about it. And that's the sad part about it, that they've believed a lie. But that's what we needed to go, go out and we need to tell the truth. We need to go and tell the truth of what Jesus did and what he has done, hallelujah, and speak the truth of the word of God that can change lives, amen? So here I want to share some things with you. I was reading and, um, in 1 Peter uh, chapter 1, and I'm going to start at verse 1. I'm going to actually read uh, nine verses here, and I'm going to share and just share some things with you because we live in this time, we live in this hour, and it's the greatest hour to live. It's the greatest hour to be alive. And if you don't believe that, and if you're just going through the motions, uh, you know, then you're wasting God's time and your time. Hallelujah. Because he has a plan and a purpose. He still ha- you still have a voice. You still have to reach one more. Amen. Hallelujah. You have to reach one more. Glory to God. That's why I love, and I'm going to brag on Brother Self back here. He's, he's 93 years old. We have, you know, uh, coffee every week and share and fellowship. He just challenges me every week. And, uh, and just recently, he had, he had the joy of leading uh, another 90-year-old man to the Lord in there. So praise the Lord for that. And, uh, uh, you know, I told him, you just got to reach one more. 
You know, and that's, that's the goal is just reaching one more. Because, you know, when, when, when you get that young like he is, many times it's like, well, how, how come I'm still here? I said, well, you're still here to reach one more. <laughs> and, uh, and there's those that he can reach that we may not be able to reach. But you look at this and we look at our lives and many times we, we see what's going on and we know that there's tests, there's trials, there's, tri- there's things that happen because we live in a fallen world. Do you know the earth is groaning? That's why there's earthquakes. That's why there's all kinds of tornadoes and, and hurricanes and all the, the earth is groaning. Hallelujah. It's groaning. It, it, it can't wait for you and I to be glorified. It's waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God so it can get set free. Because we're the ones that caused it to go into bondage. You know, Adam, when he sinned, he wiped out the earth. He caused a curse to be put upon it. Amen? You know, the earth was not cursed until he messed up. Can you imagine? We've got some places in the world that are so beautiful. I mean, you see pictures. You say, man, and can you imagine that the whole earth was supposed to look like that? It wasn't supposed to look like what it looks like here. It's supposed to be nice and green and beautiful and, and lush and wonderful. Amen. But the earth is under curse, so it's groaning. But aren't you glad, hallelujah, that God chose you and I to be in the kingdom for such a time as this? So don't look back. Don't look. Don't look. Praise God. Let's take a hold of the word of God. Let's deal with this right now. So I want to share with you some things this morning. So you ready? As I'm reading out of the New Living Translation, it says this. This letter is from Peter an apostle of Jesus Christ, and I'm writing to God's chosen people. How do you know that you are God's chosen people? Okay, You are. God chose you because you can't come to God unless he did choose you. You don't know about him. He chose you. It says, I'm writing to God's chosen people who are living as foreigners in the promises of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. God the Father knew you and chose you long ago, and his spirit has made you holy. Amen? How many you know that we're foreigners in this land? Amen? The Bible tells us that, that we're, not, we're, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. Hallelujah. We're citizens of heaven. We are sojourners just like Abraham was. Amen? Hallelujah. So he goes on to say here and, and to declare, um, he's, he's made you holy as a result You have obeyed him and have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. May God give you more and more grace and peace. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again. And because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, now we live with great expectation. I don't know about the body of Christ too much. You know, you talk to people and say, well, what are you expecting? You ever just talk to people, just talk about, hey, what are you expecting? What are you believing for today? Yeah, I got the same response that you're giving me right now. The same thing. It's like, well, I wasn't expecting anything. And the Bible says they got all this and they are living with a great expectation. You know, we as Christians right now ought to be living with the greatest expectation of God's glory and power to be made manifest in our lives than any other generation. Because we see what has transpired. Amen? You know, people say all the time, they say, you know, here's what's going on. They say, well, I've been hearing that Jesus is coming back my whole life. Me too. But guess what? 
No generation has had all the things come to pass like our generation has. And we see prophecy. We see things being fulfilled right now that's never happened before. Amen? And so we see all these things. And so our expectation ought to be greater than the past generation. Amen? It ought to be. Why is that? Well, I don't want Jesus to come back. I want to still have fun. Listen, you have no idea how great it's going to be. Hallelujah. Because the earth's going to get worse and worse and worse. So you don't want to be here on the earth when we check out. Amen? If if you read the Bible, if you understand what the word of God. It says that with great expectation. Now look at the next little phrase it says there in the New Living. It says, we live with great expectation and we have a priceless inheritance. Man, I'm so glad I keep finding out more things about my inheritance and the things of God. More truths, more stuff that just becomes more life-giving. Hallelujah. And even in the rooms that I've already explored, I'm finding new stuff. Amen. I'm finding more about how wonderful it is, how much life-filled it is. He says, we have this priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. Amen. And through your faith, Everybody say faith. faith. You know, in Luke chapter 18 and verse 8, it says that Jesus said this, when the Son of Man comes back to the earth, when he comes back in the second coming, when he comes back to get the church to, you know, with the rapture of the church, the number one thing he says, when I come back, am I going to find faith on the earth is what it says. And so that's why we preach faith. What is faith? Faith is simply a belief in God. Faith is simply something that you have on the inside of you that enables you to serve him no matter what's going on around you. It's this confidence that you have that God's word is far greater than anybody else's word and that you're going to believe what he said over everything what anybody else says. Amen? Because when you have faith in God, you have faith in his word. You can't have faith in God and not have faith in his word. That's like saying I have faith in a guy, but he lies all the time. Amen? I have faith in a person, but he never tells the truth. No, their word and the, and the person have to, be, have to be the same. They have to be tied together in order for you to have faith in them. Amen? Unless you have faith that he's not going to ever show up and that he's always going to lie. Then you have faith in that. Okay. But the key is, is that it says, through your faith, through your faith. So through your faith, this is what's going to happen. Through your faith, God is protecting you by his power. Do you know that right now, through your faith in God is what's protecting you from all of the lies of the enemy, from all of, the, of everything, all the fear, all the things that the, the devil is trying to come. It's through your faith, hallelujah, the power of God is protecting you. Amen? Why? Because you have this great expectation because you've got a priceless inheritance of knowing that because I've asked Jesus to be the Lord of my life, I'm in God's hand. And nothing and nobody can take me out of his hand. Amen. We take hold of the word of God and we say, yes, I love this. I love this. Here we go. So through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. He goes on to say, so truly be glad. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's okay to smile in church. Okay. It's okay. Be good. It's okay. Hallelujah. We've already taken the offering. Everything's good. All right. You don't have to, no. Then it says, there is wonderful joy ahead. Wonderful joy ahead. Now, how many of you know that joy is something you have on the inside of you? Joy is part of the fruit of the Spirit. The Bible says in Galatians you know, chapter 5, it's, it's love, joy, and peace. 
and then long-suffering. But it's talking about love, joy, and peace. Joy is something that you draw up out of you. You draw it up out of you. It's joy because the joy of the Lord is your strength. It's because you've got this joy of your salvation. The joy, he says right here in this, that he says, and there is wonderful joy ahead. Woohoo! So what does the future hold? Wonderful joy ahead. Amen. He said there's wonderful joy ahead for us. Wonderful joy. Guess what? There's wonderful joy for the church ahead for us. Thank you for your response there. You say, yeah, but it doesn't look like, it looks like this is happening, this is going on, all these things. Yes, there's going to be all kinds of chaos, and the church is going to have to realize that we're not of the world. We're in it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But we're not of it. And we're not tied to it, 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 what it has to do there. Thank God, God's got better things in store for us. Now, look what it says. There is wonderful joy ahead. Now, look at this. Even, uh-oh, well, he's not done talking yet. Even though you must endure many trials for a little while. Now, we could have done without that phrase totally. You know, you know, amen. He said this, through your faith, you know, when I was up to, he said, when he says this, many trials, then he says, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. Amen? Yeah, you know, the, one of the things about it, you got to have genuine faith. How many of you know that when Paul talked to Timothy, he wrote to Timothy in the first chapter, the first Timothy there, he said, Timothy, I, I know the faith that was in your grandmother. I know the faith that was in your mom. And I believe that that same faith is in you. And the King James Version says that unfeigned faith, which means faith without pretense, means you have genuine faith. So I says, well, what do you mean by genuine faith? Well, faith that actually works. Faith that actually works. Amen? What do you mean works? Well, it holds you steady in the midst of a storm that you don't get you know, distracted or you don't get uh, uh, frustrated. When I say this, you're not going to get knocked off course by the little things that blow in you for the first wave that spits in your face. Amen? That you're going to stand strong. Amen? Having done all to stand, you're going to stand. It says right here, it says, but you know, be truly glad this is a wonderful joy. And even though if you're going to endure many trials for a little while, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. You know, it's amazing to me that when people face things, that's when we realize, okay, what do we actually believe? You know, if you never had to put your faith up against something, you haven't had to use it. If it, everything is, you know, when everything's going good, everything's great, and you never have any opposition, anybody can walk with that. It's when, you know... You know, when the bow breaks, you know, and the sails fall down and it looks like, hey, it looks like we're not going to work here. It's when you can stand up like Paul and say, hey, everybody, be of good cheer. <laughs> we haven't seen the sun nor the moon in 14 days. We haven't seen any, everything. It looks like we're all going to die. But guess what? Be of good cheer. I got some good news. Don't you just hate the guy that's positive? You don't just knock him in the head, you know? Everybody, no, the kid, he said, hey, guess what? First of all, he said, y'all should have listened to me. Okay, now, I think that was just a little bit of thing. Then he said, hey, there was an angel who stood by me tonight from the God of whom I serve and whom I belong to. Amen? Amen? And then God said, hey, guess what? God said all of you are going to, yeah, he's going to spare all of your life because of me. But you got to listen to what I say. He said, we're going to lose the ship. We're going to lose everything, but we got to get on an island. Now, everybody's thinking, isn't this cool? This would be really cool. 
you know, going to get on an island. Okay, we're going to all be safe. We'll listen to, we're going to all be safe. But did you know that the ship got all broken up and they spent a whole night and a day hanging on to pieces of wood? They all lived, but it still took a night and a day to get to the island. <laughs> See, y'all don't like that. Don't want to hear that story. We want to hear that it broke up and then somebody sent the lifeboats and got us over there. No, you had to find whatever wood you had to get there. And they got there. And then when they got there, they're all wet, they're soaked, so they're building a fire. And then, you know, the snake comes out and bites Paul. And they're thinking, we all get saved so he could die. And Paul just shakes the snake off in the, in, in, in the fire, doesn't let, doesn't let it bother him. He goes about doing what he's doing. And all of the people on the island say, he must be a god. And they take him to the king of the island. He, gets, he, he raises him up. He's sick. He, God heals them, and the whole island gets saved. Now, most of the time, we wouldn't think about that would be a way for revival. How many of you want to be Paul during that time? <laughs> the only reason you do is because you know the outcome. You know the end of the story, okay? Amen. But in the midst of it, how do we get down to this right here where though there's many tests, many trials, and these trials show that our faith is genuine. Now look at the next phrase. He said it's being tested as fire, tests, you know, it's being tested as fire, tests, and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold, so when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Let me state that phrase. That's, this whole message is based around this phrase. Because I believe Jesus is coming back. I do. I don't see how we're going to last too much longer in a world that we have. And the craziness and the chaos of what goes on. But here it is. Let me say this phrase again. So when your faith remains strong through many trials... Amen. It will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Well, when is Jesus Christ going to be revealed to the whole world? When we get to come back with him. Hallelujah. And the whole world's going to see that Jesus is Lord. Every knee's going to bow and every tongue's going to confess that Jesus Christ is the, is, is, you know, the glory of the Father. Amen. He's the Lord. Hallelujah. So it says this, that it's going to be revealed when Jesus is revealed to the whole world. And that's the only time the whole world is going to know that Jesus is Lord when he comes back. They're not even going to believe that he's Lord when we all get out of here. We're all raptured out of here and everything goes into chaos. Because everybody with any sense is going to be gone. Sorry, if you don't have Jesus, you don't got much sense. If you're not born again, now I tell that to everybody. Because, oh, you're just, no, no, I'm just telling you. I don't have enough faith to go through life without the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, have you ever debated people and they want to debate and they want to give you logically and everything else? And they want to try to tell you why Jesus doesn't exist and why the Bible, and they want to tell you all the history and all the things and all the things that are wrong with it and everything else. And you go like this, you go, let's look at this logic. And I go, okay, I go, okay let's look at it logically. Logically, if I think about you, then hey, you know, then my life is, you know, nothing. Or if you're, if you're this kind of religion, then if, I, if, I, if I'm not a good person, I'll come back as a plant. That if I'm a good plant and a good cow eats me, then I'm going to be a, a bigger plant or I'm going to be another animal. Then if I'm a good animal, then eventually I'll work my way back up to be a human. So then it's cool. 
You know, you didn't know there was religions like that, but there are. You know, I've debated those folks. I've debated all those high priests and all those things. And I've, in my younger days, I used to love to do that because I just loved a good fight. But that don't do that anymore. It doesn't do any good. So then you talk about other people say, well, if, if you do this and then you're going to get this. Logically, I say, but here's the key. Logically, if I live like you, I get another chance. But if you don't live like what Jesus said, you don't get another chance. So logically, I'd rather take this first life and live like this. And if I'm wrong, I've had a great life. Hallelujah. I love Jesus. I'm healthy. I'm whole. Love God. Everything's wonderful. I just love what's going on. God's honoring. I just love what I'm doing. And so then I, hey, if that's the case, hey, I, I get to do it. But if, you know, if I'm wrong, then that's it. But if I'm right, then you're in trouble. And they get really mad. Did you know that? They get, I've never had one person after letting them, and I've always let them talk first. That's probably been the biggest mistake. I should get them mad right off the bat, but I always wanted to hear them. I wanted to hear their, their logic, and they tell me about all these different things. And so, I was, and so then I'd say, okay, now it's my turn. And it, I mean, I'd be five, five minutes into it, and they would be just so mad because the devil can't handle the truth. Okay? He can't. And they get all mad. I mean, I listened to them for 20, 30 minutes. And then, you know, I said, okay, it's my turn. You remember? But I was being scriptural. You remember Elijah and the prophets of Baal? He let them go first. He said, y'all just do it. You do the morning sacrifice. You do the afternoon sacrifice. You do it. I'll give you a couple of three, four chances. He said, I'll just do the evening sacrifice. Now that you've done it. And he mocked him. You remember what he did? You know, he said, maybe your God's going to the bathroom. <laughs> That's what the, you know, King James is real flowery, you know, but if you get in, it's exactly what he said. Or maybe he's on vacation. <laughs> I love it. He's just sitting there mocking them. But you, know, you see this, why, why do we look at these things here? Because God wants our faith to be genuine. Listen, if you don't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ or believe that what he said, you know, believe the word, believe what he says about it, then it, you know, it's not real to you. And if it's not real to you, you won't hold on to it when things are happening. But when the word of God's real, look what he says. He says, when the day, when Jesus Christ has revealed the whole world, you're going to get praise and glory and honor because you stood strong. Doesn't mean you're not going to have tests and trials. We're all going to have tests and trials. We live in a fallen world. But praise God, God's going to go through it with us. Jesus will never leave us nor forsake us. He'll never leave us. He'll always be there with us. He'll always, and he, but our faith has to remain strong. So your faith is the most valuable thing you have. Your belief in God, your faith in God, your faith in his word has to be the strongest thing in your life because it's the shield of faith, Ephesians says, that quenches all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And he's going to be shooting darts at you, but it's your shield of faith that goes up and says, no, I'm going to quench all those fiery darts. Amen? Hallelujah. I've got that. I've got to be able to do those. I've got it. Hallelujah. Now, now look at the next little phrase here. He talks about after this. He says, you love him even though you've never seen him. Isn't that amazing? We love him even though we've never seen him in the flesh. Hallelujah. Though you do not see him now, you trust him. And you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. The reward, reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your soul. You've heard me share this many, many times. If you're not excited about your salvation, if you're not excited about your relationship with Jesus, you just got to get to know him better. You got to get to know what you have and what you've done. I've never understood that because when I got born again, I actually got saved. 
I actually met Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and my life changed drastically. I was not the same, even though I got saved as a little child. It wasn't. I thought God was picking on me. I thought God, because everybody else that got, went forward to get saved the same time I did, they seemed like nothing happened to them. They just went about their life. And I didn't understand that. I didn't understand that because I was so thrilled to be born again. I was so thrilled about the life of God. I was so thrilled about the things of God that it changed me. No longer was I afraid. No longer could I lie. You know? Couldn't lie, couldn't cheat, couldn't do the. I could not, you know, and didn't mean that I didn't have to deal with my flesh or do things, you know. But like I, I share this story because, and the reason I share this is because we see so many people that they, they uh, you know, get born again, they get all excited, and then they get water baptized, and they think they've arrived, and they never come back to church. Or they don't go in there, well, I'm baptized now, so I'm good. No, water baptism is the beginning. It's not an ending. Salvation is a beginning, not an ending. Getting filled with the Holy Ghost is not an ending. It's a beginning. It's the down payment of your inheritance, down payment of what God has to do for your life. Amen. You got to live your life and in living it, you get more adventuresome, more better all the time. It ought to be getting more exciting all the time. Amen. Thank God for God's grace. Thank God for God's mercy. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. We, we see God's hand. We see his plan. See his purpose. Hallelujah. Why? Because I get to make heaven. No matter what's going on here, no matter what's going on in my life, no matter how much pain, no matter, praise God, I'm going to stay strong with the Lord. Why? Because he's gonna, the salvation of my soul, the salvation for me. Amen? Now, you're here. There, I just read verse. Like, go with me, if you would, over to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Now we'll start. That was the introduction. Y'all okay? Don't worry. We'll get you out of here. I'm coming back next week. It's all good. That's why it'd be dangerous for me to be a guest speaker. Because if I thought I had to get done, I mean, I, you know, that's just, the, that, I got five pages of notes. I never get done. I, if I, if, you know, if it is. Because if I tried to get done, you'd be here a while. <laughs> you know, hallelujah. Yeah, I was just seeing, you know, there was a, I saw a friend of mine, uh, his service, a couple Sundays ago was three hours long. Yeah, he preached for an hour and 45 minutes. Of course, he's good enough to do that, but still, hey, I don't know. I don't, I don't know anybody's that good. But, and I'll tell you the reason I don't. I ever tell you the reason that I don't? I always try to preach really as short as I can. It's because I was with a gentleman by the name of, of Dr., Dr. Roy Hicks. I don't know if you know who he was. He, he took over from Amy Simpson McPherson to be the head of the Foursquare denomination worldwide. And Dr. Hicks was a you know, great speaker. He used to come when I was at school. He came in and did a, a seminar and a preaching. He was ministering. So I was with him in a car one day. And uh, uh, he, first thing he asked me, he says, how long do you preach? And I said, well, you know, 45 minutes, you know, maybe go to an hour or something. He looked at me and said, you ain't that good. <laughs> and I said, you're right. He said, you better shorten it up here. 
He told me, he says, the only person that good is, is, is Brother Hagen, and, and, and he's good for about an hour. Then he needs to cut it off, too. <laughs> I said, Dr. Hicks, you're awesome. You know, and uh, if you don't know, he's, good, he's written books. He's a great, was a great man. He's, he's gone on, on to be with heaven. But, I, you know, when he said that, I thought, you know what? I'm probably not that good. I probably need to push this thing and condense it and try to get more into that 35 to 40 minutes so that it just explodes on the top of you. Amen. Hallelujah. And so that's what I've endeavored to do. I heard that as a very young man, like over 40 some odd years ago, I heard that. And uh, uh, it changed the course of what I was doing. I thought, okay. Because also he said, are you a pastor? I said, I am. He said, well, aren't you coming back next week? (laughs) I said, I am. He said, all right. (laughs) So you think I made that up? I didn't make that up. I listened to my elders. I, I said, yes, sir. Hallelujah. You know, amen. Look at here in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 13. Amen. Now, don't get me wrong. I've been overseas and have preached, you know, four hours straight. Hallelujah. And do classes. In fact, that's what they wanted, they wanted me to do that by Zoom. Four hours straight, five nights in a row. And uh, which I've done, which they want me to do. And I was going to do that, but I just felt like, glory to God. I don't know. Hallelujah. But, you know, because I, as you know, I like to talk. So anyways, First, Second Corinthians chapter 4, look at verse 13. Amen. He said this, and I'm reading out of the New Living it once again. Hallelujah. I, I you know, all my, my mind thinks in King James, but I'm trying to help out this younger generation and some things here. But here's what it says. But <clears throat> he said this, but we continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith. King James says, but we having the same spirit of faith that the psalmist had when he said, I believe in God, so I spoke. You know, I like what the King James says. It says, but we having the same spirit of faith, you know, according to as it is written, they believed and therefore they spoke. We also believe and therefore we speak. Amen. And so he goes on to say uh, this, we know that God who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise, up, raise us up with him or with Jesus and present us to himself together with you. All of this is for your benefit. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving. Amen. And God will receive more and more glory. That is why we never give up. That's why we never give up. Isn't it wonderful that he said there'll be a great Thanksgiving? You know, we're about to celebrate Thanksgiving, even though we know Christmas is trying to overshadow it and crush it, you know. But you know what? Somebody says, well, you know, it's just going to mess up. They're going to do away with Thanksgiving. Let me just share something. They'll never do away with Thanksgiving because Thanksgiving has to do with food. (laughs) Never. They will never do away with Thanksgiving because Thanksgiving has to do with food. It's supposed to do with Thanksgiving and family and all that kind of wonderful thing, but it's, it happens to be food, so it's never going to get taken away. And now, we need to not overlook it at all. That's one of the things, too, about this. And, and I like what he says here, and I like the way they say it. When God's grace re- reaches more and more people, then there'll be this great Thanksgiving. And probably the greatest thanksgiving or the greatest thing that we have to be thankful for is that God saved us so that we could share with the world about how good God is in our lives. Your greatest testimony is just the greatest thing about what God's doing in your life, what God's doing for you, what God did for you, and what he's doing right now. Amen? God, God loves you. 
And he's going to be with you. He's going to make it through. And we're going to finish this thing in the glory and the power and the fire of God. I believe that with all of my heart, I am digging in, moving forward, believing God, exercising my faith for everything that we have need of. But I'm just believing God's going to cause increase in your lives. But we're going to finish this. We're going to bring back the king. I believe that with all of my heart. That's why, guess what? We're never going to give up. We're going to always be here. We're going to always have a plan. We're not floundering. We're not looking around. What are we going to do? We know what we're going to do. We still have our finish line to go to. We're going to preach the gospel. We're going to let the love of Jesus flow out of us. We're going to let God meet and supply all of our needs so we can help others. Hallelujah. God's going to give us an abundant supply so we can be a storehouse where people can come to get help. We're going to be like Joseph was in the midst of the famine, in the midst of everything else. God's going to give up wisdom for us. Amen? God's going to always meet and supply all of our needs. God's going to always take care of the church. Amen. He's always going to do that. Why? Because he said he would. He can't go back on his word. Someone says, yeah, but what about the Antichrist? What about all these things that are going to rise up? Well, the devil can't do anything until me and you are gone. He can say all these things. He can try to mess around with the world, but he can't rise up and take over you and I. Thank you for your overwhelming response. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Why? Because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. God gave you authority. He gave you authority over the enemy. Jesus told the 70, I give you authority over Satan and all of his demons and all that. He said, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Yeah. Amen. Thank God we have the joy. We have what God's saying. Here's what, we are never going to give up. Now look at the next phrase. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small. Amen. They are small compared to what's going on. Amen. And won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Too many eyes on all of the troubles. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone. But the things we cannot see will last forever. Amen? Amen. When we realize that our spirit's being renewed day by day, you know, even though our flesh is dying, but our spirit's being renewed day by day. And the light affliction that we're enduring right now, hallelujah, is going to give us something that's going to be a blessing to us in the sense of that it's, it's going to produce a glory, hallelujah, for the Lord. Verse 18 of 2 Corinthians chapter 4 out of the King James Version says, it says this, while we look not at the things that are seen, because the things that are seen are temporal, means they're subject to change. Do you know everything in the world is subject to change? The only thing that's real in this world is the spiritual realm. It's the only thing that's really real that you can hang on to you can do, because everything in the natural can change in a moment of time. It's subject to change. You know, he said, you know, these things, we don't look at the things that are temporal, but we look at the things that are eternal, amen? For the things that are eternal will fade away, but the, I mean, things that are temporal will fade away, but the things that are eternal, they're going to last forever, amen? So we keep our eyes focused on the word of God. We keep our eyes focused on what God's doing. We rejoice and thank you what Paul wrote to the Romans. He said this. He said, hallelujah. You know, he, he declared, he says, for I consider the suffering of this present time not worthy to be compared with the glory that she be, shall be revealed in us. Listen, we've got an incredible redemption. We've got an incredible life in Christ. But we need to take hold of it. 
you know, one of the things that you have to do, and I'm going to wind this thing down and up, and I didn't even get off the first three quarters of the pages, but that's okay. Like I said, I'm coming back next week. Everything's good because I want to build your faith. Hallelujah. The Spirit of God just spoke tomorrow. He said, you've got to build their faith back up on the inside of them because they've got to get a better expectation. We've got to start expecting. Do we have a great expectation? Do we have this great thanksgiving? Are we so thankful for what God is doing? Are we really thankful for what he has done? Are we thankful for our salvation? And then we're thankful for what's going on. Yeah, we might be dealing with tests, trials, things that are going on, but we've got to continue to remind ourselves of what all he, he's doing in our lives. And we've got to start having a great expectation of God. I expect today to be better than yesterday. I expect your hand to be upon me. And I have great thanksgiving, thanking you and praising you, magnifying your name because of what you're doing. And I'm never going to give up. Because faith is what's going to make you go, go through. Your faith in God's what's going to hold you steady. Hallelujah. See, you know, every promise of God is yours. Everything God did, he already did. He's not doing anything else now. He's just watching you do what you need to do in order to receive all that he's already done. He said, I've given you everything in my son. I've given you every spiritual blessing. Every spiritual blessing. I think I need to teach on all the spiritual blessings so you know what you have. Just get it in there and get it on the inside of you because when you don't know what you have, you won't use it. If you know you got it, it's like playing a video game when you're trying to beat somebody up and you don't know you got a special weapon. You don't know the weapon to show his weakness. I am horrible at video games. I don't ever played any video games. My attention span is not that good. I have to be outside doing something different. I have to have a lot of things. I could never sit there and do that. It just didn't work. So, uh, uh, so but anyways, but when you see it, that's why I always got beat because they'd be like, well, how did you get that weapon? Oh, that's a special thing. You got to do this and this. And I said, well, how was I supposed to know? And I'm talking to my kids who are six and seven. I'm trying to beat them. And they're like, oh, where did you get that? Well, it's just you got you to know the secret code. I said, well, I didn't know the secret code. <laughs> Do I have a secret code? Yeah, but I'm not telling you. I said, well, that's not fair. <laughs> so they beat me and they loved it. They beat every time. It's like, hey, because they knew. But let's get over on my territory. I, let's go on the book that I know. Let me tell you about my secret codes. Let me tell you about what belongs to me. How can you stand? Like, because here's what the word of God says. Let's do this. Let me give you my ammunition. Let me show you how to win. They're like, we don't want to play that game. I said, I know, because I can win at this one. <laughs> Amen? But you just, get, how do you find out it? You get into the Word of God. You get a hold. See, all of the promises of God, they're ours. They're ours. All spiritual blessings are ours. Greater is He. And God's not withholding anything. God's given us this priceless inheritance. Hallelujah. It's so awesome. But we don't have the expectation to receive it, or we're not taking our faith. Because, see, faith is your expectation. Faith is your desire. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Or it's the title that's taking hold of something. Saying, I believe this so much, I'm going to act on it. And I'm going to receive. I'm going to get the end of my faith. I'm going to receive the end of my faith. Yes, which is the salvation of my soul, or the salvation of my spirit. But thank God, I'm going to receive the end of my faith. Because here's the thing about it is, if your life is not lined up with what you actually believe it should be, 
Or let me just share it like this. If that what you're looking at, hallelujah, is not meeting your expectations of what you think it should be, then you've got to start speaking your faith. You start speaking your faith until that starts lining up with what you believe it should be. Because that's what it does. You know, you speak your faith until your faith can actually speak for itself to what people can turn around and say, oh, I see. I see. Why? Because God's word is so. It's this genuine faith, which means it's a faith that it doesn't matter how many times you shoot at it, it stands for the things of God. So we got to get a great expectation, but we also have to have great thanksgiving. I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm so thankful. You know, people get on, they do things like, you know, for November, they want to give a thanks, you know, say something, I'm thankful for this, I'm thankful for that. And, and I think it's awesome because it actually puts you in remembrance of what you actually are thankful for. And you need to be thankful every day. Yes. You need to be thankful. And if you don't have anything else to be thankful for, if you're born again, just be thankful you're saved. Yes. Start there. And then go from there and start reminding, what what am I thankful for? Because if you don't have 30 things to be thankful for, you haven't come very far yet. Uh, you got to have a lot more, a lot more for what God, and then you begin to believe to see. Since even David said this, remember, Psalms 27, 13 and 14, David said, I would have died or I would have fainted had I not believed to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. He couldn't see any good. He couldn't see anything. He said, I'm going to die because I can't see. He said, you know what I do? I couldn't see anything good around me. I couldn't see anything. But you know what? I'm not going to fail. What I'm going to do is I'm going to believe to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. And I'm going to wait on the Lord. And I'm going to honor the Lord. And I'm going to see the goodness. So if you don't see any goodness, you don't see anything, you can't see anything good, hallelujah, then start believing to see the goodness of God. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I just started. That's just the introduction. I haven't even got to building faith on the inside of them. But Lord, I just thank you for your word. Thank you, Father, for the Holy Spirit that just stirring their hearts, stirring their hearts, Father, to have a great expectation and a great thanksgiving and never give up. Now's not a time to lay aside. Now's not a time to stop. It doesn't matter. Yes, we're fighting battles. Yes, there's trials. But it just shows our faith is genuine. It shows that our faith is working. When the devil says, you're not going to get healed this time. He's already played his hand, which means you are going to get healed this time because you're not looking to get healed. You're just looking to appropriate what healing and health God's already given you. Hallelujah. You're not trying to get it. Hallelujah. God's already got it for you, so just receive and take hold of it. Hallelujah. You just receive it, and you just thank God for it, and you magnify God in the midst of the, of the chaos. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. And all, you may be at that point, just like I shared, where I can't see anything good, Pastor. I can't see anything around me. Listen, it's time to believe to see the goodness of God, and you got to yield to him and say, God, here am I. Order my steps. I'm tired of, good, tired of doing the things my way. Hallelujah. I've tried all these other things. I need to try. I need to walk with you. Father, order my steps. I'm going to believe to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Therefore, I'm going to wait on the Lord. Therefore, I say wait on the Lord. I'm going to serve you and honor you. Hallelujah. Father, I pray for the body of Christ this morning, right now. Pray for those that are here under the sound of my voice. 
because you brought them here today to hear this message that you dropped into my spirit yesterday and said, I want you to bring this. This is what I want you to share. Oh, Father, I pray that the word of God has been sown into good ground. And I pray for the Holy Spirit to water that word so that their expectation and their faith rises. And their thanksgiving, with great thanksgiving, they begin to thank God. Thank you for what they have, what you're doing, and what you're going to continue to do in their lives. Because God, you're not through yet. Hallelujah. You're not done. And we're not done. Hallelujah. Even when we take our last breath and get to heaven, God will have a plan and a purpose there. Hallelujah. We'll just change locations, but we'll still be working. We'll still be doing. And it'll be such a joy. Just like it said in the word, Father, there'll be joy. Inexpressible joy. Father, I ask that you restore back unto these folks the joy of their salvation. And Father, with that, if there is anybody, I want to shift gears just a second, Lord. If there is anybody here that doesn't know Jesus, or they know of him, as, as someone has said, they know of him, but they haven't made Jesus Christ the Lord of their life. They know about him, but they don't know him. They don't know him as their savior. Hallelujah. They don't know him as their deliverer. Father, as our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed, we're here, we honor you and love you. Our heart's cry is that the world be saved. Our heart's cry is that one more soul would come to Jesus. Hallelujah. But if you're here with me today, and, and you've never believed in your heart and confessed with your mouth the Lord Jesus, that's how you get saved. You don't get saved by being baptized. You don't get saved by anything. You get saved by you believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth the Lord Jesus. That's how you get born again. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if we believe with our heart and confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, we shall be saved. For with the heart, man believes unto righteousness, but it's with the mouth that confession is made unto salvation. So you got to say it, just like 2 Corinthians 4, 13. You know, it says, they believe, they spoke. We believe, we also speak. You have to speak your faith. You have to say, I believe in Jesus. I accept Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. You got to take him at that. You've got to do something with it. So if you're here and you've not done that or you need to come back to God, you're here and say, man, I just need to come back to God. I need to declare that again. I need to strengthen my faith. Raise your hand real high. Let me pray with you. Let's pray together. I'll lead you. I'll pray with you. Don't leave this place not knowing where you're at, not knowing that you have Jesus as the Lord of your life. Amen. I'm going to look around again. Sometimes these lights are very bright, so I can't see. Don't just shoot it up there. Shoot it up high. Hallelujah. God loves you. We always have an altar call. Why? Because we want people to be born again. Plus, people watch these, these programs all the time. And our hearts desire for them to be saved. But my heart's there. Since I'm a pastor and a shepherd, lift up your heads, open up your eyes. Because I, I'm a pastor and a shepherd, I teach the church. I'm trying to get the church saved. Hallelujah. I'm trying to get you sanctified. I'm trying to get you on fire for God. Trying to get great expectations, great thanksgiving. I'm trying to get you to enjoy, hallelujah, what God has done for you. Some says, well, pastor, don't you get discouraged? No, because it works. No, because, you know, depending upon whether or not you get it, it's not, you know, it's got to work for me. I've got to do. So I just let the joy of my salvation. I just decided I'm going to be on fire and I'm going to burn. You can just come watch me burn. Hallelujah. But I'm going to keep going. Amen. Because that's what God says to do. And I'm having too much fun.
Amen. You know, there's been several people wondering if I was going to retire or do things. I said, I don't even know what that word is. I can't see it in the Bible. I, eventually it might happen, but I don't know. But I haven't seen it in the Bible. I don't know where you retire from God. I've never had a real job. I've never had a job. I've only had a calling. It's never been a job for me. God didn't give me, he gave me a calling. He called me and I had to be obedient to the heavenly calling. I have to be obedient to the heavenly calling. And so how do you, how do you, how do you, how do you stop the calling? You don't. Okay, but that doesn't mean, you know, I'm going to be here forever. Just simply, I'm going to be here for as long as Jesus says, but I'm having fun and I'm going to love you as much as I can. Get the word of God to you. And I just trust that God's grace is upon you. I always tell my board, listen, if I get up here and I'm babbling and I'm telling you the same thing 22 times, then tell me I need to sit down. Okay, but uh, my heart is, is get the word of God in you. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, you know, we have our prayer team that comes forward to pray with you with anything that you have need of. You don't want to be a prayer. So we're going to have them come forward. The rest of you, let's all stand up. Hallelujah. I love you. God loves you. All of you watching, we'll see you guys next Sunday. God bless you. You're dismissed.